Hey everybody, welcome to MindRise. I am your host, Ian Philo. This podcast is designed to help find solutions to everyday mental blocks. Its goal is to provide you with the tools to rise and break through your own barriers. In the game of life, we can be our own worst enemies. I created this podcast in response to my own battles with my mind. Instead of sinking further down, join me to commit to a more positive perception of ourselves and those around us. Thank you, everybody, for joining me on another episode of the Mind Rise podcast. Today, I have a guest, Bryce Deblock. Um, he's a longtime friend. I've known him for quite a while, and we share a lot of similar um, hobbies and values and also interest in psychology. And going off that note, we're actually going to be talking about the superego, what that is, and um, some more information about that today. So kind of leading off, to give you guys some context, um, the superego is the last part of our personality to develop. It is also um, the part of our personality that contributes to the formation of our ego. It includes not just the morals and values that we learn from our parents, but also the ideas of right and wrong that we acquire from society and the culture of which we live. So... When I was reading, it looks like the superego is a component of our personality that has internalized ideals that we've acquired from our parents in society. That's kind of like the gist of it. So essentially like our identity that is formed um, because of our environment and the morals and ethics that we were brought up with. So Bryce, if you want to kind of expound upon that, that was a very probably butchered definition, but... I think that's like kind of yeah, what we're going to lead off with. <laughs> no, that was great. Um, yeah, my knowledge on the superego is, is pretty limited. Um, but I think I probably started off by reading the same article that you just did or the same like little bit on the internet. And that was like so interesting um, to me. So we start off with the id, uh, which is just like basic. Like, I'm hungry, I'm upset, and that's like a baby, right? And then we go to the ego, which, you know, it expounds on that, and it kind of like drives. And then the super ego kind of keeps the ego in check. Um, so, you know, it is a very important tool, um, but at the same time, you know, when it gets out of check, that, that can be a, a real great problem, and that is why I really got into it. Um, because I, you know, I just struggled um, to feel like, like once my super ego like really kicked in, um, then I, I had like no idea like what to do with it, how to keep it in check and all of that. Um, so it was, it was important to kind of do a little research for me in that. Yeah, it says it says that the superego can even emerge at like as early as age five, which is like wild to me. Um, and I think one of the other things that interested me about this concept of like psychological development is is the fact that it's it's strongly built upon um, internalized and deals that we gather from our parents and society. So. That was like really interesting to me, and I was wondering if you like had any other, th any anything else to say upon that. Like, 
our super ego is is basically molded by what we learn and the environment that we're in. So I think a lot of people coming in to listen to this think that like, oh, like ego is like always inherently bad, but we all need an ego to like form an identity, right? So like when people hear super ego, they're like, oh, like that's like the most evil part of us. Yeah. Like That's like what I thought. Like I thought of like some like evil Disney boss or something like from despicable me or something right (laughs) that's hilarious yeah um so that's a a great point that it comes from society and our parents um and it's interesting because you know depending on what household you grow up in i guess and personality has a lot to do with it too um and the super ego as early as five years old that's crazy to me my mine kicked in uh, probably post high school, I would say, uh, which sucks. My cousin described that time as, um, who's all, you know, he's a, a really close friend of mine as well. He described it as the second puberty, uh, just because mm-hmm. there's so much going on, so much change that, you know, you feel out of control. Um, so it, it was a kind of an interesting time for, for mine to, to kind of show itself, um, and uh, with quite a bit of strength. Um, but I, I noticed that in like, kind of like the ideals that my parents uh, instilled in me, like, um, could be so random, but like hard work, am I working hard enough? You know, instead of just yeah. taking it for granted that like, yeah, I like, I hustle and I work hard, but it's like, is that enough? So if the super ego continues to run amok not being checked and it's like nothing I do is like working hard enough so I got to wake up earlier you know got to stay up later I got to read more books that kind of thing um but like working hard is like that's good it's one of like uh it's very you know it's important to me um and it's just a, a good kind of like mantra type thing um but it can be used as um, a weapon, you know, against yourself. Um, let me think of another one. Um, yeah, well, go, going off of that, yeah, sure. um, says, says that the superego strives for moral perfections without taking reality into account. So yeah. like kind of what you were just saying, like, like beating yourself up to like wake up earlier or stay up later and like not taking into account that like you're a human being that has needs and you know has has to get sleep and has to get food somehow and you can't be like a machine you know operating like 24 hours out of the day mm-hmm. so it almost seems like depending on yeah depending on your environment and how you were brought up whether like if hard work is really instilled or discipline or etc you can almost like kill yourself over the the fact that like you always have to be productive and you always have to make progress and you always have to be essentially like this output machine that never has any flaws and I think that's where a lot of um, people especially like for going off of like Enneagram types like the perfectionist that's definitely highly manifested in their superego like yeah they always have to yeah you know what I'm talking about <laughs> type one yeah well that's actually interesting so going off of that if you know, down the Enneagram road, um, I 
identify as a type 7. Um, but the first time I took it, I think I was in an unhealthy place. And mm. I scored a, a 1 as, like, my highest. Um, which, like, a, a 7 in unhealth goes to 1. And it kind of, like, you get, like, really perfectionistic. But not for the sake of being perfectionistic, but more so to, like, deflect your own insecurities about being, like, scatterbrained or, like, uh, just, like, feeling general insecurities. Um, so you, like, lock it down and then you point to other people, like, hey, like, you're doing the wrong thing. Look at me. I'm doing the right thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty goofy. Um, but, yeah, so at, and that that kind of, the Enneagram gave me language to understand, like, that super ego, you know, getting kind of, you know, if it runs amok, then it, and it really can be devastating. Um, and that's kind of where I was at for a while. You know, I was, I was, you know, it, it kind of played into a little bit of my social anxiety when I, um, was afraid to speak, uh, because I might make a mistake or something. And I felt like I had to be perfect or, um, in my speech, um, or, you know, another way that it poked its head up, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, was in, oh, I forgot, I forgot what I was going to say, um, but yeah, it just, it comes up and like, left unchecked, like I said, is, is just kind of terrible. Um, so what do you do with that? Um, like for me, it was just about like focusing less on the negativity and just like kind of really trying to retrain my brain to, to filter like out the unhealthy negative thoughts that I was, you know, receiving. Um, and that took a lot of time and I really had to kind of sit in that and, uh, had to be patient with myself. Oh, that was another thing. That was, this is what I was going to say earlier, um, was that if I didn't know the answer to something, I felt like a, a real, like, piece of crap. Because, like, like mm. I have to know. Like, I have to be the one. Yeah, that's, that's, that's probably how I feel, like, all the time when people start getting, like, heated over politics. And, like, I want to have all these, like, policies and, like, information memorized so I can just, like, spit facts and, like, make them sit down be quiet but like I don't I'm just like oh it's like oh if you just would have like had this thing memorized you could have like told them but yeah I get what you're saying yeah yeah but it's like totally like human like how much time do you spend on politics you know what I mean yeah right like where some people are like night and day like reading like political articles or sometimes it's their job um yeah but it's just like that that odd feeling like well, I need to have something to say and I need, I like, I love, I love, um, I think especially since we live in an age where there's so much information available to us, like, it's almost like, oh, like, what's your excuse to not be informed? So then when you get in that situation, you're like, oh, like I could have just done a little research about this and sounded like I wasn't an idiot or something like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Right, and that reminds me of that guy in um, uh, Goodwill Hunting who was in the bar who just like quoted the book, and Will like came up to him and just like 
devastated him because he's like, you're just like quoting <laughs> somebody, have an original thought, you know? But it's so, <laughs> it's like that. It's like, I, I want to, you know, I want to be the one who has something good to say. You know, I want to be the one who knows how to fix it. I want to be the one with the best idea, that kind of thing. I'm also, you know, pretty competitive and that's, that's a bit of, you know, uh, another thing, but the super ego, you know, in my competitiveness was always like, you know, you should be better, you know, or, um, you should do more. You should know more. You should be less insecure, which is hilarious. Because when you're insecure and uh, you're telling yourself you shouldn't be insecure, then it just adds to the insecurity. And then you're like really shut down. That's been my experience um, for, you know, um, for a couple of years. And like I said, I had to really work um, to get away from that. And a lot of practice and a lot of daring um, to be vulnerable and um there's like a quote that um julie slattery said that like really helped me um like put words to it because i just kind of like uh bullheaded did it um but she said you have to be willing to do something poorly before you can do something well and yeah that's that's huge yeah, yeah. that's that's basically it the deconstructing the the dropping of the pride um, and just saying like, okay, like I'm new at something, you know, I can read this textbook to study for the test without feeling like an idiot that I have to study, you know, like I could go to bed knowing that I worked hard this day, that kind of thing. So do you, th so do you think the super ego is like something that, that basically like, it, it's like a necessary evil in a sense for lack of a better term like something that has to exist in our psyche or our personality to like help keep us grounded or do you think it's like a byproduct of like the crap society that we've all grown up in with these like mm. over yeah or, or these unrealistic standards to meet yeah that's a good question i do think it's necessary but i think maybe a society could have a super ego too yeah um and, you know, that reflects in its, on its citizens. Um, but I do think it is necessary because without it, then you're just like, you know, it's almost, it's anarchy, really. It's just like whatever you want to do. So um, the superego, I think, can be kind of like, almost like the Holy Spirit asks, like, in a way, like, convicting you know, when it's mm -hmm. at its, like, when it's, like, down to, like, what it's supposed to be, not inflamed, you know, not, uh, oh, what's the, what's the saying when, when someone, um, well, anyway, um, it's, like, letting you know, like, hey, you shouldn't be doing that, or, like, hey, you've been watching TV for four hours, you should probably, like, run. Yeah. You know? Right. <laughs> but, um, you know, that is, it's very important to have that. Um, but like I said, like you, you, I think people just need to know how to, <clears throat> how to keep it from getting outsized and uh, to keep it from being a bully. So like Stephen Covey, author of 
uh, seven habits for highly, the seven habits of highly effective people, I think is the title. Um, he says that, um, something, you know, can be, um, an excellent employee, but a horrible boss. Like that's the super ego. Like if the super ego is working for you, good. You're going to make more friends. You're going to be more successful because nobody likes a bully. Nobody likes someone who just does whatever they want all the time without feeling any of the consequences. Um, But once the superego starts to become your boss, it's very demanding and it becomes toxic really quick. So it's just keeping it working for you um, instead of the other way around. So, yeah, so it seems like just it's it's necessary, but the the concept of controlling it is uh, difficult but manageable at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was also reading that, which I thought was also pretty interesting. That according to this article on VeryWellMind.com, it says parts of the superego can be further divided into two components: the ego ideal and the conscience. The ego ideal is the part of the superego that includes the rules and standards for good behaviors. These behaviors include those that are approved of by parental and other authority figures. Obeying these rules lead to feelings of pride, value, and accomplishment. Breaking these rules can lead to feelings of guilt. The ego ideal is often thought of as the image we have of our ideal selves, the people we want to become. It is the image of the ideal individual often modeled after people we know or who we're striving to be. And then the conscience is composed of rules for which behaviors are considered bad when we engage in actions that confirm to the ego ideal we feel good about ourselves or proud of our accomplishments. When we do things that our conscience considers bad, we experience feelings of guilt. So it seems like these two parts of the superego are almost like... um, like in a sense, our moral compass that we've kind of grown up to forge or create in a sense. Um, yeah. And I think the ego ideal kind of going off of that, it, it emphasized um, ego ideals often thought of as the image we have of our ideal selves. So kind of what you were talking about earlier, like if life were perfect, if, if I were the most productive, if I were you know, if I had more time, I'd be stronger, I'd be faster, I'd be, you know, smarter, all this stuff. Um, and constantly trying to get ourselves to that point. Um, unfortunately, without sometimes regarding the actual, like, health things that we need, like sleep and rest and other things, it's like this this ego ideal is always in the back of our head reminding us that we could do better. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's important too. Like complicity is, is not a good place to be. Um, yeah. And we're humans, so we're flawed, you know, so there's always something to improve on. Uh, but again, it goes, it goes to health. Like you said, that was a, a good word. Um, it can get unhealthy really quickly. <clears throat> so that's, you know, that's, that's what is so important to, to recognize and to, you know, to recognize the, the unhealth, you know, as it's like creeping up before it like completely tackles you, you know, and throws you out the window. Um, so, you know, 
the best way that I've been able to kind of manage it or like bring it down is A, to acknowledge it. Um, and, and, uh, B, so I always like saying like a joke, like I start with A, B, and then I go to three. Um, so I was tempted to say A and then two. Um, (laughs) anyway, uh, B is, is eating right, exercising, that kind of stuff. Um, and you know, and that, that kind of like almost symbolizes putting your body through the work where you're like, yeah, no, I did, you know, look at what I did today. When your super ego is like, what did you do today? You're like, yeah, look, I did it. Like I worked, I worked out, I ate right, you know, spent time with my wife, that kind of thing. Yeah. Jeez. It's. I just got the image of like the super ego being like all of these people that we've seen on YouTube ads, YouTube ads, <laughs> and we're like surfing the internet. Like, yeah. do you want to make ten thousand dollars in one month? Get off your butt and go <laughs> order this book, or like work out harder. You can do it. Just yeah. like all like the tacky motivational yeah. self help things that we all see. Yeah, <laughs> and, and we're just and we're just sitting at our computer desk like, oh my gosh, I'm horrible. <laughs> like. You think you've been working out right? Wrong. This is the new right. way to work out. The best way to work out. You're like, ah! <laughs> no! Yeah, no, that's hilarious. That like, can represent the superego, for sure. Like you're doing it wrong. You're not working hard enough. Yeah. yeah, that kind of thing. But, you know, if you like... If you cut somebody off, then the superego should say like, Hey, yeah, don't do that, you know, and that's a good thing. Um, mm-hmm. Or if you're, you know, if you try to cut the line, shouldn't do that. If you try to lie, shouldn't do that, that kind of stuff. Yeah, but no, that's so funny. <laughs> it is, though. They're like, there's just a bunch of, like, disembodied floating super egos every time we go on our computer just that come up as ads or something or like videos yeah Yeah. it's like (laughs) it's convicting i think a lot of people are are very susceptible to you know um that kind of pitch where it's like hey you become the best version of yourself yeah yeah because everyone has that in them and everyone knows like deep down they're imperfect um i think so you know, it it just works. Everyone, everyone has that uh, antenna up. You know, one way or the other, and hopefully it's healthy. Hopefully it's good. Right. Um, but yeah, no those those ads are effective. I'm sure. Yeah, and and they they know how to how to get you entranced, and a lot of them are clickbait, and mm-hmm. they know they definitely know what they're doing. You know, and they'll, they'll put these, if we're talking to the ego ideal, you know, the, the part of our super ego that thinks of our ideal selves, like they purposely cater these ads and they put like the most ideal male and female specimen in that ad and you're like, oh, oh my gosh, I hate myself. (laughs) And these people don't even do what they're advertising. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Yep. Yeah, it's like, it's like putting... let me advertise this workout brand, but like not work out in the entire ad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just here with my shirt off. Don't worry. <laughs> right. Definitely don't take steroids. It's all this protein powder. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Boy, it's the ideal. It's like, you know, the concept of shooting for the stars, you know, because like you might land on the moon, but that's still like pretty cool. It's like that is like that's beautiful and that that's the potential like hey you could be better so like go and get it. Yeah. Like go and get it. But don't be led by that. Don't be Absolutely. led by like I'm not enough. Be like, you know, maybe I could do more. Maybe I could be more. And also rest is important. Being comfortable is important. Forgetting about yourself is important. So like, you know, pride uh, is thinking about yourself too much, um, and that that looks like uh, when someone like tries to damage your pride, right? Um, like, look at what good of a job I did. Someone tries to critique it, or it's like I'm not enough. It's still like focusing on yourself, or like I'm insecure, or like oh, I wonder if I'm doing the right thing. How does my shirt look? How do my shoes look? It's like you're still like thinking about yourself. Um, and that's pride. So you got to like forget. It sounds like Eastern. Like forget about yourself <laughs> so that you can focus and be present. And I think the super ego kind of forces the conversation back on you um, to the point where you're less, you know, effective. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. That's That's great. For sure. But yeah, um, how are we looking on? How are we looking on time? You want to wrap things up? Oh yeah, probably it's nine. But <laughs> hey, Ian, th- thanks for letting me come on. I really appreciate it. I always love talking. Of course, to you. man. Yeah, this makes it more interesting for me. Um, keeps me motivated to keep on releasing episodes. I, uh, I, I thought I thought I'd for sure be done like after like number 20 or something so it's cool that they're still happening and again the point of this wasn't to profit or monetize it was just because you know i wanted to do it so i did it and we're already on like episode i think this is this will be number 42 so congrats and keep doing what you're doing man it's good work thanks man and uh i love listening to you so it's an honor to be on Keep it up. Awesome. All right. Have a good one, Bryce. Are you too. Thank you.